So as I started to prepare for the sermon on Monday, I started watching these videos of Hebrew praise music. And so I want to show you a one-minute video so we can truly kind of get a feel for what these psalms actually were. And I think it's a great way to end this series in our summer psalms. So that's what I did for about three hours on Monday afternoon. I got caught up watching Hebrew praise songs. I'm telling you right now, YouTube Psalm 23, and you will not regret it. It will give you a whole new understanding of what Psalm 23 is. And so I thought I had a ton of time to write a sermon, and it turns out that I didn't. And this, this sermon would have been a lot different if I had written it on Monday than when I wrote it on Thursday. I had about four hours, but God is good. Psalm 150, it says this, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the trumpet sound. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and dance. Praise Him with the strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with the loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is a song. And we must never forget that this is a song. And there are times in our life when we cannot wait to proclaim this song. Like when we're at a Jesus retreat and everyone around us is just worshiping God. And you can feel the Holy Spirit. The mood is just right there. But how powerful is this text when you're going through life and you don't feel like singing? How about when you pour yourself out in ministry and it's never good enough? How about when you love Jesus and people just seem to consume you? How about when your little boy is born and he's still in the hospital after a month later and they don't know exactly what's going on with his brain? How about when you tear a shoulder, your knees are breaking down, you break a bone for the upteenth time when you feel like your country has lost its way? Maybe your marriage is breaking down. Maybe your kid is a prodigal. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you've been abused. Struggle with depression. Maybe you just don't feel like you are wonderfully made in God's image. Then what does this song mean to you? Can you sing hallelujah when you are on your deathbed? You see, I have everything. You have everything. And yet this song, God gives us when I need it most and I often forget it. I often forget this song when I feel attacked. You see, I can learn so much from my sister's best friend, Dimri. She wrote this one month before she passed away. I have the amazing gift of being able to look at my life as I know it is coming to an end. And being content with the life I lived, I know I was obedient to God. That I sought to serve Him and lived my life devoted to Him. Of course I made mistakes, but God. But God in His grace even redeemed those. I devoted time to helping young women seek God. I gave of my gifts and all of this adds up to an extraordinary life. 
There haven't been a bunch of bells and whistles, but there has been obedience in God's faithfulness. And that combination can hardly be beat. One thing I can guarantee is that you will never regret one moment that you devote to God or His people. Never have I regretted learning more about my Savior. I have never regretted a moment in service to God or loving His people well. This makes an extraordinary life all that much more worth living. Because in the end, you will be able to look back and have confidence that you lived a life with purpose and meaning. After all, He has given us just enough grace for today. These were the last words that she wrote before she went to be with Jesus. See, no matter what is going on in our life, we have hope. We have hope in Jesus. We, we so often, we get caught up in all the struggles. But if we look outside of us, I mean, I saw ladies in Denver who were so high on drugs, they did not even know where they were. Man, I work with men and women every day that don't have enough money to live on. They don't even have a family to go to. And yet, I get so down when somebody calls me a name or uses me. Man, so often we fail to show grace. Even though our God gives us enough grace for today, and that includes the grace that we give to others. And when I was studying Psalm 150, I discovered that that if you were in a Hebrew worship service, this song was sung to prepare your heart to worship. So maybe we should sing this song to start every service. Or maybe a little bit more familiar to us, maybe we should sing Amazing Grace. Or when I was down, when I walked in to the office on Thursday, didn't know how I was going to write a sermon in four hours, feeling like the way that I was feeling, I listened to the just the right song. Let me recite the lyrics to Faithful God. I am surrounded on every side. Can't see the light of day, but I am persuaded beyond all hope. You won't let go of me. I stake my claim on every word you say. You will not be late. I will sing through the fire and the thunder because you are on my side. I trust you with my life. I know my story isn't over. Even against all gods, you are a faithful God. You're faithful God. The darkest of weathers, though I can't see, I still believe you're good. So I'm moving forward through crashing waves. I know I am safe with you. You hold my life. You hear my cry with every breath inside. I will sing through the fire and the thunder because you are on my side. I trust you with my life. I know my story isn't over even against all gods because you are a faithful God. Do we praise the Lord in every storm? Because quite honest, most storms are self-induced. The other day, I'm talking to the youth. I'm telling them about the giants in their life, and I left this part out. The greatest giant in my life is me. I am the greatest obstacle, and you are the greatest obstacle in yours. You see, if we are not content where Jesus has us right now, if we are not content with the people that Jesus puts us around, we will never be content anywhere or with anyone I forget so often that Jesus is the hope. I forget so often that Jesus is on my side. I forget so often 
that even though I'm going through everything, Jesus is still good. I forget that I trusted him with my life, and I forget that he is a faithful God. Contentment does not come from our job. It does not come from the events in our life. It does not come from our husband or our wife or our kids. It does not come from our house or the town that we live in. It is a lack. It's not a lack of conflict that gives us hope. No, it's none of these. None of these bring contentment. It is absolutely Jesus Christ and the hope that we have in Him. And do we praise Him over and over again for that hope? You see, Psalm 150 is about our Lord who is never changing. It's about the who, the where, and the why that we praise God. And it's about what we use to praise Him and how we do it. We so often make everything in life about us and all that does is grow the one giant that is the most prevalent in our life. So Psalm 150, verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord. Does the words hallelujah mean something to you? Is the Lord your who? Who do you praise? Hallelujah is praise. Yah is short for Yahweh. Praise Yah. God's personal name is the very breath, Yah, that I take. Every time that I breathe, I proclaim His name. Our God is so detail-oriented that He made the literal breath that comes out of our mouth His name. Every human breathes the name of God 22,000 times a day while we are awake and while we sleep. Every breath that every human throughout history has taken calls out God's name. Every living thing that breathes. Genesis 2.7 And the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed it into his nostrils, the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. God, he breathes into Adam and every human being since him has breathed his name. Not one breath has ever been taken that does not proclaim Yahweh. Man, is that not a God that we should praise? Can any other religion claim that? No. A resounding no. And he doesn't just stop with hallelujah. You see, if Yahweh describes our intimacy with God, this next line describes the magnificent, the magnificent God that we worship. Where are we to praise His name. Praise God in His sanctuary. Hallelujah, El. El is short for Elohim. Hallelujah, El. Praise God. In the sanctuary. Now we praise God in the tabernacle, the temple, the church, but it goes beyond that. Paul tells us in Acts 17.24, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Our God is everywhere. There is nowhere we should not praise Him. 
We cannot get away from Him in our home, in our car, in science class, in the Capitol building, at the courthouse, in Washington. We cannot get away from our God anywhere. We are to praise Him everywhere and in every moment. And when we are a believer, He even dwells inside of us. 2 Timothy 1.14 By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. But how often do we live that way? How often do we live that way? How often do we live like Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Do we believe that? So often I say that I do, but I don't live this way. I still live like I'm in control. I let everything get to me. I get upset about every word that is proclaimed against me. My default action is to quit. And I want to give up so much. But God asked me not to leave my post. You see, it is His choice when that happens. And I believe that our God is everywhere. Not everywhere just on this earth, but everywhere. He dwells in the mighty heavens. Look at this next line. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Hallelujah, praise. Who is Him? Hallelujah, who? Not Cindy Lou Who from the Grinch. Right? But, but we can learn so much from her. I mean, look at this little girl. She's such an example of what it means to follow Christ. I feel like everything is about me, but not her. She was about others. Hallelujah, who? And now we've heard hallelujah, hallelujah, el, hallelujah, who? You think our modern songs repeat themselves a lot? Guys, I'm telling you, there's a reason that worship songs repeat themselves because we are stubborn sheep and it takes so many times to finally get it through our noggin. Guys, our God is everywhere. There is no universe, there is no dimension, there is no dwelling that He is not. Hallelujah. Guys, I truly believe that there is no other aliens out there. Mainly because I don't think God wants to put up with any more people. But in our universe, there are 10 sextillion planets. That's one with 25 zeros. And our God has enough love that He could put 8 billion people on every single one of those planets and still have an infinite amount of love for every single person. And yet, He truly cares when I'm hurt. He cares enough to provide me these words in the very Bible that I read. Psalm 150, verse 2. Praise Him with His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Why do we praise Him? Because His mighty deeds are greater than anybody, anything that anybody could ever say to you. His mighty deeds are greater than anything anybody could ever do to you. And He is more excellent than any bully that you will ever meet, religious zealots, atheists, evolutionists, Democrats, and yes, even Republicans. 
Do we truly believe that our God is greater than any name that we will ever be called? Do we truly believe that our God is greater than any situation that we face? And then do we live like it? And if you haven't noticed today, I am preaching to myself. So often I hear people, they say I was speaking directly to them. I'm telling you, I only preach to myself and the Holy Spirit does the rest. I relate more to Romans 7 than I do to Psalm 150. Romans 7.15, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now this should be my theme song. And I'm guessing that I am not alone, because Paul, the greatest believer, struggled with the same things. But our God is greater than our struggles. Nothing surprises Him. And when we feel like Romans 7, He gives us Psalm 150. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. You see, our deeds are not the reason we praise Him. Everything that has ever happened in our life, He already knows about. We praise Him because He handles it with His deeds and His greatness. So now that we understand the who, the where, and the why, what should we use? Psalm 150, verse 3. Praise Him with the trumpet sound. It would sound a little bit like this in Hebrew. Hallelujah, bateka shofar. Praise Him with the ram's horn. The ram's horn was directed by God to be used for worship. It was 18 inches long and taken from a kosher animal. This horn was more than just musical. It was a declaration that God is in the house. It was a declaration that God is going to work. The Israelites, they used it when the walls came tumbling down in Jericho. The ram's horn was a sign of victory, and with God, victory has already been won. Joshua 6.4 Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. The walls fall. And our God, He claims victory. Not just victory in the battles against the foes like Jericho, but the battles we face against sin. All battles that we face. Our God has provided the solution. Even when we think Adam and Eve messed up so bad, God uses everything. God uses everything. And then we see in Leviticus 25.9, Then you shall sound the loud trumpet on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement. You shall sound the trumpet through all your land. The day of atonement was a once a year thing. Yom Kippur. The priest would sound the, hump, the horn, the trumpet as a declaration. We see it in, in Leviticus 16. Listen to this. Before entering the tabernacle, Aaron was to bathe and put on special garments. Verse 4. And then sacrifice a bull for a sin offering for himself and his family. Verse 6 and 11. The blood of the bull was to be sprinkled on the Ark of the Covenant. Then Aaron was to bring two goats. One to be sacrificed because of the uncleanliness and the rebellion of the Israelites. Whatever their sins have been. And its blood was sprinkled on the Ark of the Covenant. The other goat was used as a scapegoat. And Aaron would place his hands on his head. He would confess over it the rebellion and wickedness of the Israelites. And he would send the goat out with the appointed men who would release it into the wilderness. 
The goat carried itself all the sins of the people which were forgiven for another year. God provided a solution, but it had to be done every year, year after year after year. But Jesus changed that. Jesus died once and it was sufficient. We no longer have to place our hands on a goat. We place our hands on the goat. The true greatest of all time. Tom Brady has nothing on Jesus. Jesus carried all our sins on that day. It is finished. John 19.30, when Jesus had received the soured wine, He said to Telestai, It is finished. And He bowed His head and He gave up His spirit. The day of atonement was fulfilled in Jesus Christ once and for all. And we can spend our life praising His name because of it. Until Jesus returns, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. This trumpet declares God's glory as He rides in and saves us from everything that is crazy in this world. And at that moment, I will have no more need for this book because Jesus is right there. I will be out of a job. I'm okay with that. Pastor Bill will be out of a job, but I'm not leaving my post. I take up a new post, and Jesus Christ is my King. And there will be beautiful music. And how beautiful was our music today. But imagine them with the perfection of the kingdom of Christ as they sing out and praise His name day after day. Man, you think it's beautiful now. Just wait. And then it says, praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with stringed instruments. See, in a lot of ways, the guitar has replaced the lute. Last week, while I was listening to Marty and Brian play their stringed instrument, I couldn't help but see how amazing our God was. And seeing Marty and Zach play today and listening to it, And I imagine listening to David who calmed the evil spirits in Saul with a harp or a lyre. 1 Samuel 16.23 And whenever the harmful spirit with God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hands. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. When you hear the stringed instruments, does it do the same thing to you? Man, music is absolutely necessary. There is other ways to worship God, but can we truly worship Him without music on a Sunday morning? I don't think so. Man, the songs that we hear prepare our hearts to hear the Word of God. To declare what God has done. To praise His mighty name. And not only does God love the stringed instruments, but He loves a little beat. Yes, even us conservative Baptists. I mean, I think we could get a little bit rowdy sometimes, right? We could learn so much from our Pentecostal brothers. Maybe not the whole making people feel uncomfortable with speaking in tongues. But I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know about you, man. I love a good drum beat. Sorry. And who does not just love to go dance? 
And if you say you do not love to dance, I'm telling you, you're a liar. I've seen grown men jump up and down when their team wins, when their son or their daughter excels in sports. The reason that we do not dance is because we feel shame and fear. And I desperately think that we need to get over that. Psalm 154, praise Him with the tambourine and dance. Praise Him with the strings and the pipe. Man, I cannot dance a lick. But when I am around my kids, this song, Shut Up and Dance, comes on and we dance. And maybe, just maybe, if we would just shut up and dance for Jesus, a lot of the problems in our life would not have the same power over us. Man, I was watching Russ during those songs dance, and it just made my heart jump with joy. David danced before the Lord with all his might. Do we dance? Do we sing? Do we praise? Do we worship with all our might? Dancing is a movement of praise. We do it at weddings. We do it at celebrations. We celebrate our God. Never stop anyone from dancing. Except maybe this one time. Dottie was standing about right over there and she's dancing in the aisles. And she is just dancing for everything she's worth. And then she starts to back the truck up. And my wife and I were horrified. And we tried to stop her. But even then, she was free in Christ. And we should not be ashamed of our free-flowing movements if they are in honor of the Lord. Dancing is good regardless of what Reverend Shaw says in Footloose. If we dance to the Lord, that is the key. We should never dance to impress anyone else. Only our Father who deserves to be danced to. And I can tell you, we stopped Dottie from dancing that day and when the service was over, when the service was over. Wayne Porter comes up to us and he says, never stop that girl from dancing again. We have dancing and then we have the strings in the pipe. We should break out the other stringed instruments. We should throw in some wind instruments. And if that isn't enough, yes, we have the drums, the sounding cymbal. Verse 5, praise Him with the sounding cymbals. Praise Him with the loud clashing cymbals might be loud. But I'm telling you right now, our God likes it loud. Loud as we declare His greatness from the top of our lungs. As we feel the Holy Spirit moving through us and it moves us to praise louder and louder as we give our Lord and Savior the praise and glory that He deserves. Do not be ashamed. Even if you're not talented, He feels the heart. Now, if you're not talented, maybe you're not up here. But when you're out there, sing with everything that you are worth. I'm telling you, there is a reason that I preach. You do not want to hear me sing. We all are called to praise the Lord. We all praise the Lord in some way, whether we know it or not. How do we do it? You see, it could be as simple as every breath that we take. My best friend Eric, who is an atheist, praises the Lord every time he takes a breath, even though he has no idea that he is doing it. The difference is I choose to know that I praise my Lord with every breath. Psalm 156, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So let's go back in time for just a second. 
as a congregation gathered in the tabernacle or the temple. The worship music begins to call to praise Yahweh. Then in a simple and eloquent balanced succession, the who is declared, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The where, Hallelujah. Praise God. God is to be praised in the sanctuary, the tabernacle, the temple. God is to be praised in His mighty heavenly abode. Why? Because of His deeds and strength, which are so vast that we cannot even fathom them because of His excellent greatness. And with what? He is to be praised with an array of instruments. And it starts with the blast of a trumpet, the priestly horn of the sofar, hardly musical, but signals the presence of our God. Praise Him with the trumpet sound. And then the harmony enters Praise Him with the lute and the harp. And then the beat with the tambourine and the dance of all the rhythm on the floor. And then other stringed instruments entered into this ensemble. And then the sounding cymbals, they clash, they break in. And then this earth-shattering sound of the loud clashing cymbal that makes thunder seem quiet. Listen to Broadman from one of my commentaries as I finish. With their entry, the hymnic clamor reaches fortissimo. Thus heaven and earth have been called to praise God for His works of strength and abundant greatness. Every conceivable instrument of music and cultic noise has been enlisted, including the rhythm of the dancer's feet. And the hymn is brought to a magnificent and crashing climax with the words, say it with me, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I can think of no better way to finish your hymnal. Lord, I can think of no better way to end one of the most beautiful set of poetry and writings and song that this world has ever known. Lord, we have discovered and we have learned about your psalms, but I pray, Lord, that we would not forget Psalm 150. And that even in the trials and the struggles and the difficulties in life, that you would use this particular song to remind us each and every day that it is about praising you. And when we praise you, all is good. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.